Well, today we're continuing in our series of messages on the tender commandments, expressions of the Father's love. And uh, today we're going to be coming to commandment number three. You can see the list of those tender commandments here. Um, The first four of them are uh, focused on our vertical relationship with God. Uh, taking no other gods, no idols, not taking the Lord's name in vain, and remembering the Sabbath. And then the final six of the Tender Commandments have to do with how we relate with one another, uh, to honor parents, to not, com- to not murder, to not commit adultery, to not steal, to not bear false witness, and to not covet. So this morning, we are specifically looking at Tender Commandment number three, and I've entitled the message, Hallow the name. Hallow the name. We just prayed together the Lord's Prayer, where the Lord teaches us to pray in the very first thing, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the third commandment, if you have your Bible and you're looking in Exodus chapter 20, where uh, the uh, Ten Commandments are Uh, given to us. The third commandment says this, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Now that, of course, is in the New International Version translation. The translation that most of you have Scrolling in your head right now from King James, thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. So what we want to spend our time this morning is sort of unpacking what it is that the Lord is speaking to us here in this third of his tender commandments. Why does he tell us not to take his name in vain? And and in fact, what does that even mean? Do not take the Lord's name in vain or do not misuse the name of the Lord. First of all, let's just talk about names. Let me just throw out some names for you and have you think of the first things that come into your mind. Mother Teresa. Madonna. Bono. Churchill. Lincoln. Lady Gaga. Bieber. All right. Hitler. Billy Graham. Names always evoke something in us, don't they? Why is that? 
If you heard your mama's name or your daddy's name, your spouse's name, your child's name. Names evoke something in us because there's something that that name represents, right? Names are not just simply some letters that are put together to form a word. Names mean something. And so when we're talking about not misusing the name of the Lord, we have to contextualize that and and understand that this is more than just the actual name, the, the letters forming the name. Because when we're talking about the name, we're talking about something far more substantial. We're actually talking about the character of the name. Understand? We're actually evoking, when we use the name, we're evoking the very character represented by that name. The very character of God himself. Now, I want to give us a little bit of weight here to to help us understand and and, and to stand upon a kind of a foundation, I guess, is what I'd like to lay here for this particular third commandment by by stepping in a little bit more deeply. And we've we've done a little bit of this, and I'm just going to come back and go over some familiar ground, but also take you in a, a little bit more broader depth of understanding the name of God. First of all, there are three primary names for God in the Old Testament. So we're talking about, you know, this is where the, the, the Ten Commandments came out of. And so I just want to, for a moment, help you and help myself understand more fully what God was saying when he was talking about the name, his name. Well, the first, the very first name of God revealed to us in the scripture is the name Elohim, and it means strong creator. In fact, it's the name of God that shows up in the very first sentence in the Bible, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's Elohim. The strong creator. Now, what's interesting is you are going to find the character of God that's embedded in the Old Testament is also then embedded in the New Testament, specifically as it relates to the name of Jesus. In the book of Colossians, chapter 1, 15 and 16, This is what is written about Jesus. The Son 
is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him and for Him. Jesus is the exact image and representation of Elohim. Present at creation, He is the strong Creator. Now the second primary name for God given in the Old Testament is another name, and you've heard some of these names, but I'm trying to give you some reference points this morning because it's very important for understanding this third commandment. The second name is the name Adonai, which means Sovereign Lord or Master. Adonai. It means Sovereign Lord and Master. This is the name of God that Isaiah uses in his incredible open vision of the living God in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. This is the word for God that he uses. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw Adonai. High and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Do you get the picture? This is the picture of the king. High and exalted. On his throne, his train, filling the temple. I want you to have this deeply embedded this morning in your heart and spirit as you consider the name of the Lord. And just so that there's no confusion this morning, thinking, well, that's wonderful. That's the name of the Lord that was used in the Old Testament. Well, what's his name? Is that still Jesus here in the new? Jesus says, you call me teacher and Lord or master, and rightly so, for that is what I am. So not only is he Adonai, Lord and Master, in the Old Testament, but Jesus also shares that name. He is Teacher, Master, 
Lord Adonai. Now the third primary name used for the Lord is Yahweh Jehovah. Now I shared about this a couple of weeks ago. Let me just remind you, in the Old Testament, the name of God simply is four consonants with no vowels in them. And the reason even behind that was the, as they were, as they were, um, as, as the scribes were, were taking down and, and writing out the scriptures, they wanted to hallow the name of the Lord so much that they would not even speak it aloud. And so, so we don't even exactly know how this name of God is to be pronounced. And so it's been the alliteration that has been used for us in English is either Yahweh or Jehovah. And both of them mean the very same thing. Okay, so if you hear Yahweh or you hear Jehovah, you are hearing this specific name for God. And it's the name that literally means I am. I am. This is the name that the Lord revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3, just before, as as Moses was being called to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name you shall call me from generation to generation. This is the most relational name of God. This is the name that evokes that personal relationship that he is going to have with his people. It is the name that evokes that he is ever and always present. The I am. Once again, in the New Testament, Jesus confirms that this is not only the name of God in the Old Testament, but this is his name as well. He is Yahweh. He is Jehovah. For Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. I am. At least seven times in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am. He is Jehovah. He is Yahweh. This is his character. Now, what does it mean when we are told not to take the Lord's name in vain? What does it mean Understanding the name, what, 
and understanding that the name evokes for us the character of God, the next thing that we need to talk about is taking care with and of this name. We need to take care with the name of the Lord. Taking care of this name. The word take in Exodus chapter 20 means to lift up or to rise. So when we raise up the name, don't do that in vain. And that's what I want to unpack for us for a few moments to help us understand because that all, you know, it sounds sort of foggy. Does that mean I'm just not supposed to swear by, by you know, th- don't say his name in a, in a swearing way? Is that all of what that means? And if I avoid that, I've done what needs to be done here. I think there's more. So I want to help us understand what that more is. Take care with and of the name. First thing it means is do not use it casually or lightly. Casually or lightly. In Exodus 22:28, we're told, do not blaspheme God or curse the ruler of your people. That word blaspheme, the word, the word here for blaspheme the word, even for the using the Lord in vain, means to use it in a trifling way. Do not use the name of the Lord in a trifling way. The other week, Noah and I, I haven't been to a college football game since I was in college, but... Noah and I went to see the Gophers. It was a little brutal, but not as brutal as yesterday. All right, but. So we were sitting in the stands, and the man in front of us, I mean, just about every other word out of his mouth was the name of the Lord. But he was not using it in reverent worship. And if you walk around anywhere, if you live, you know, I think most people think that Christ is Jesus' last name. Right? So when they say Jesus Christ, they're thinking they're saying his first and his last name. Just like I'm Jim Olson. They don't realize that when they're saying that, they're actually talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King, Adonai, Elohim, Jehovah, Yahweh. And it's so easy for us to begin to use the name of the Lord in a very casual way. A very light way, with no no weight to it whatsoever. We're not really reflecting 
on the reality of his character. We're simply throwing it out there in just sort of an off-the-cuff way. The Lord would invite us. He says, tell Aaron and his sons to treat with respect the sacred offerings the Israelites consecrate to me so that they will not profane my name. I am the Lord. So what we're getting at here is an issue of respect and reverence for the name of the Lord. That we are not to to misuse His name by using it in sort of a casual way. Lord, help us and by your Spirit begin to reveal to us and, 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 and tune us up more closely, Lord, to your heart in this area. Jesus, in a world that uses your name casually every day, all of the time, Lord, we want to take care with your name and treat it with the appropriate reverence and weight which it has. Secondly, is to not use it carelessly or groundlessly. Here we're getting even closer into what this vain means. Vanity means, you know, it, it, well, let me, let me put up this verse. Do not swear falsely by my name and so profane the name of your God, for I am the Lord. Here's that word again, but you know, don't so profane the name. Don't don't swear falsely. Don't swear groundlessly. Don't um, don't simply use the name without understanding the fullness of what that name really means. It's it's sort of a without. Um, it's sort of treating the name without the relationship that goes behind that name. I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this, and, and, and the thing I came up with was this. When I was a kid, when I was a young boy, probably Noah's age, you know, I loved my mom. I mean, I really loved my mom, okay? And she just, I just really, she was just wonderful. And I loved my mom so much. And so I, I still can remember there was one time, and I don't remember what the occasion, why, why it was, but anyway, I was calling mom, and I called her by a name of affection that my dad used for my mom. And my dad heard me. Oops, yeah. Daddy wasn't happy. Because that's a name that he got to use with her because of the intimacy of their relationship that was unique as a husband and wife that was very different than the relationship that I had with mom. Does that make sense? So we need, as we're, we're talking, you know, I, I think sometimes we want to use the name of Jesus 
sort of is some kind of magic incantation without actually experiencing the reality of a depth of relationship with Him in which we actually call on Him and we're, we're drawing on Him on that character of His name because we understand who He really is. Let's take a simple example, Psalm 23. In, in Psalm 23 are embedded numerous names for God. Now, now they're, they're, they don't all get used in Psalm 23, but they're all sort of, that, that's the, the intent of Psalm 23, is giving us all of this breath around the name of God. The Lord is my shepherd. That's Jehovah Roy. I shall not be in want. That's Jehovah Jireh. When it says here in Psalm 23, He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. That restoring of our soul. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He's Jehovah Sikanu, however you want to pronounce that one. All right, and though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You are Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You are Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there in the presence of my enemies. You are Jehovah Mudsu, who is the Lord my refuge. All of these names embedded right there in Psalm 23. What I want us to understand and get at here when, is that we not use the name of Jesus carelessly. That we understand His character and who He is. We understand His will and purposes in our lives. And so we're not simply slapping the name of Jesus on the end of a prayer because we think that somehow just using his name at the end of a prayer makes everything okay. Sort of like, you know, well, I got the, I, I got the stamp out. Here's what I want. In the name of Jesus. We cannot use it carelessly or groundlessly. Fear the Lord your God and serve Him. Hold fast to Him and take your oaths in His name, in the name of the One who has the character of Elohim, who is the strong Creator, Adonai, who is the Sovereign Lord, Jehovah, Yahweh, the I Am. That's who you are taking your the O's in, not simply into some kind of disconnected reality and some kind of just air. You're taking it in the name of the very living God. God help us. And I'm acutely aware this morning that much of this is sort of intuitive, as, but I'm, I'm trying to help us get a grasp of this. And so, Lord, I pray again. I ask you, Spirit of God, to come 
And Lord, you need to take your word in our hearts and begin to reveal to us the ways in which we have used your name carelessly and groundlessly. And we ask your forgiveness, God. And we repent of the ways and the times in which we have done so. And Lord, we ask that you would have mercy upon us and cleanse us and heal us in this area, we pray. In Jesus' name. One more in taking care of the name. Do not use contemptuously or disrespectfully. Contemptuously. Don't use it casually. Don't use it carelessly. Don't use it contemptuously. Say to the Israelites, anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them. I guess God thought this was kind of important. There are times when I hear people and I hear the words coming out of their mouths and deep right down to the very core of my being, I shudder. It's like, Lord, forgive them. They don't have a clue what they're saying, but if they did. There's great power in the words that come out of our mouths. When somebody uses the name of the Lord to actually damn someone or something. They may think that, you know, they're just, I mean, you hear that every day too, right? It's all around. But there's something actually being released in the spirit when those words are said. And God thought that was so important that he was like, I'm just going to take them out now before they release anything more into the community that is killing and destroying. This is exactly what the enemy does. And I don't want to be in agreement with him. Do you? Instead, God says in Ezekiel 39, 7, I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. I will no longer let my holy name be profaned, and the nations will know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. I'm going to make my holy name known among the people, and I'm not going to let my name be profaned. This is what it means to take care with the name. Don't use it casually. Don't use it carelessly. Don't use it contemptuously. Don't use the name. Because the name of the Lord, when we use the name, the name is not just a word. It invokes and evokes the very character of the living God. Getting this? Is this penetrating? Jesus, have mercy this area. Help us, God. 
So what are the consequences? These are the tender commandments. God didn't give us these commandments to somehow imprison us. He gave us these commandments to liberate us because he knows the impact and consequence of violating these commands of his. And he knows the great benefits and grace that comes into our lives when we keep these commandments. Very important scripture, Matthew chapter 12. Jesus teaching, he says, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. How can you, say, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Ah. We've got to let the weight of that just sit on us for a moment. I'm so grateful for the mercy and grace and goodness and forgiveness of God. I'm also profoundly aware that that grace requires of us the the wellspring of that to come forth in our lives. And and I think sometimes we, we just have to start listening to ourselves more carefully than we do. Because what's in our heart, what's what's in our being is what's coming out of our mouths. We can claim anything we want but our words either acquit or condemn us. If we misuse the name, it says we're going to be condemned. Because the Lord says, I will not hold guiltless, back to Exodus 20, the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap disruption. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. This is true of our actions. It's also true of our words. What are you sowing? What words are you speaking? What are the things that are coming out of your mouth, particularly as it pertains in this particular focus today, as it relates to the name of the Lord? What are our words evoking? What's going on, people, in us? What's in our spirit? What's really there? You hypocrites, Jesus said. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, for their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus knows the very heart of core of our hearts, and we can't hide from him. And yes, here's the reality. All of us, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
All of us have a gap in our lives between where we are and where we ought to be. The question that we have that the Lord asks us is, He says, don't try to cover it up with like spiritual religious platitudes, but fall on your face before me and repent and come to me and receive my forgiveness and my cleansing and you'll be made whole. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to hear Jesus saying those words to me. Anybody else? I don't think so. Honor the name. Hallow the name. And be acquitted. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. There is life in the name of Jesus. There's life in that name. And to use his name properly to call upon him is to receive life from him. The opposite of taking the Lord's name and lifting it up in vain is lifting it up in life. In truth. For salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Worship team, please come up. There's no other name. As we close the service this morning, we're going to sing, Whisper His Name. Call on his name. Shout his name. And as we sing this, I want you to sing it in the context of what you have just heard. So that these words aren't empty. When we cry out and call out on the name of Jesus, we are calling out to the strong creator to the Master Sovereign Lord, to the Great I Am. His is the name that we are lifting up this morning. Not casually, but reverently. Not carelessly, but carefully. Not contemptuously great gratitude. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never called on the name of Jesus for salvation. Today is the day of salvation. You can honor and hallow his name. The, the, the greatest way that you can hallow you his name is by coming into His name, receiving Christ, Jesus, the Lord, the Master, as your Savior, as your Master. By asking His forgiveness, by acknowledging the sacrifice that He has made on the cross for you and for me. Come, receive.
receive today. This morning earlier, Hannah shared about the Lord being the strong tower. That's a part of that in knowing He's Jehovah Nisi, He's the banner. When you know the name of the Lord, you can apply it in the situation that you are facing. Now you know more of His name today. Maybe you need to just run into Him today and receive. Come today under the name of Jesus. And together as a house, we just want to lift up the name of our Lord. Jesus, it would be our deepest desire that your name would be hallowed in this place, that it would be honored in this place. Jesus, forgive us for how we have used your name casually, carelessly, contemptuously. Lord, have mercy. Thank you that you bring forgiveness. We cry out to you and ask you for forgiveness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there is grace today. I want you to know there is grace today to bring healing. He took the stones. He took the cuts and the bruises. He shed his blood so that we would not have to die, but could live. did that for you and for me would you cry out to him today can we stand to our feet as we sing whisper his name it's the last song right before the message whisper his name hallelujah and if you want to come to the altar this morning you can come and join me here just to call out to him whisper his name